This isn't for your eyes. Welcome to the Groovy Ghoulies podcast, episode number two. I'm your host, Reese Griffiths, and joined with me as always is Mr. David White. Hello. And yeah, episode two, as if the first episode wasn't bad enough. <laughs> We've decided to uh, give it another go with a bit more oomph, I think, this time. <laughs> oomph is definitely the right word, yeah. Oomph. Yeah. And for episode two, we've decided that uh, although we're recording in February of 2018, we're going to talk about all the stuff we did and didn't like in 2017. We're also going to cover some um, some death and go through some of the more controversial things that happened in the last year. So in case you're unfamiliar with the, the concept of the podcast, we basically talk about... <laughs> There's a concept. There's a concept, <laughs> a very you know thinly veiled concept, where we're going to discuss the things we like. Um, so the start off i think let's talk about the games we liked last year oh good call is there a particular game you played last year david that blew you away well as i mentioned in the last podcast and horizon zero dawn i think is my game of the year like easily mainly because i couldn't afford to buy a switch and play zelda <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i think that's easily my favorite game of last year um, I, thoughts on that i also enjoyed very much playing horizon zero dawn uh, I haven't got around to playing the DLC yet. I don't know if you've done Yeah, I, I had not picked it up yet. I picked it up when it was in the sale and I had to remove some stuff from my PlayStation so that I could reinstall <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to playing it. Uh, yeah, I think we Definitely. talked about it in the first episode. But basically, to give a quick recap, it uh, looks very pretty, plays very well. Yeah. Interesting story. Great mechanics, great, great um, combat mechanics. Great concept. I really like the idea. Yeah. Intriguing story. Beautiful. It's uh, well worth checking out. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the trouble is I platinumed it within the first sort of month of having it. Yeah, Well, I say me. months, like two or three weeks maybe <laughs> of that. If you, I find that if you do that, it takes away all of the replayability, you know? Yeah. There's no point in going back to it once you've done that because you've essentially done everything in the game. Which is a really bizarre concept because before yeah. trophies and uh, gamer score, you would just play a game whenever yeah. you wanted to play. Exactly. You didn't play if it for it's a specific a good game, reason. You just go back to it and just play it again. But um, I find I can't do that after a platinum game. I, it, it just takes away all the fun of it, almost. Yeah, for some reason now, now that you get you know rewarded for playing the game, so you know you finish the game, you get your trophies. So yeah. I'm like, yes, I've platinumed it. I need to play it again. Yeah. And you kind of don't want to, even yeah, though it's really yeah. good. It's like, you think yeah. like I, I mean, I've still got it on my PS4 hard drive now, just in case I do want to go back to it. But every time I go back to it, I play it for like half an hour, and I'm thinking. 
why am I doing this? Yeah, I'm not getting anything out of this. I've got all my trophies already. Yeah, exactly. I've just yeah, yeah. wasted my yeah. time. I feel like I can't enjoy games anymore because of that. <clears throat> but I, they did add several trophies, didn't they? Um, for like the new game plus. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I looked at the trophies and immediately thought, uh, "Fuck that." Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for starting new game plus and completing new game plus. Yeah. And there's one for <laughs> ultra hard mode or something like that. That's it. New game plus on yeah. ultra hard mode. Because the only reason I have the platinum in the first place is because. There was no hard mode trophy. Yeah, I remember messaging you and being all like, oh, dude, yeah, how are you finding horizons you were doing? I'm struggling a bit. I'm doing it on hard, trying to gain another platinum trophy. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, I don't think there's a difficulty trophy. So, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Three hours down the shitter. Yeah. But if you'd stuck with it, maybe you would have got that trophy post-finishing the game and then had more of the completion rate than I've got. Uh, possibly. So I think I've only got like 70% now since they've added the trophy yeah. and the DLC. DLC. The DLC's got two sections of trophies as well, I know. There's right. one for like completing the story in and is for completing tasks. Okay. So that's quite That's pretty cool. Trying to add a level of playability, replayability, yeah. I assume. Yeah. That's where I'll have to pick up the DLC. Yeah. As for myself, I was trying to think, because I'm terrible at like remembering when stuff was coming out, when yeah, stuff yeah. was out. Um yeah, when stuff was out, I'm terrible. I can't even remember my kids' birthdays, but you know. Like mind. one's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, one's no, tomorrow. <laughs> it's party tomorrow. Yes. Sorry, we're recording this on Saturday. It's party is Saturday. Saturday? For fuck's sake. His birthday is on Monday. We're recording this Saturday. And Sunday is his party. But yes, um, I had to go back and sort of double check when games were out because I couldn't think yeah. of stuff. And uh, Resident Evil 7 apparently was released sort of end of January, February yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And that is a game that, having been a fan of the Resi franchise for quite a long time... Oh, yeah. I loved Resi. Um, I think t 2, I think, was my favourite back in the day. 2 was pretty awesome. Yeah, I um, so many times. I think my favourite was 4 for a long time. I got a oh, GameCube yeah. just to, you know, play amazing, 4. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember playing the first Resident Evil back in the days on the PlayStation. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, there's the infamous dog scene. Yes. Where, you know, lots of people died yeah, and, yeah. and complained about it was too hard and yeah. never played it again. <laughs> but I remember there were people in school back in the days when, you know, you had memory cards to save on. Mm. And they'd give memory cards and say, oh, dude, can you get me just past the docks and, like, <laughs> give me my card back so I could continue playing. And yeah, that was quite a cool thing. But um, the franchise has sort of gone through lots of various... I remember there was a shooting version, like a Time Crisis version at one point, where really? you had like a controller, yeah, I think that was on like PlayStation or PlayStation Like on, on, an on-rail shooter where... Yeah, and you've okay. got like your cross in, and you're scooting yeah. around the screen, and they've tried to do a lot with Resi over the years. And yeah, think... they've not really been successful in the last few iterations of the main franchise, like four, no, five and six, sorry. Were, yeah, five didn't do as well as I think they were hoping, and in six I think they tried to do something completely different, and arcadey, and yeah. I... I have picked it up, but I've never played it for more than half hour. I think I jumped on it for an hour once with a friend, Chris. Yeah. And uh, it was, we'll come back to it and do something. <laughs> but I never did. But Seven, Seven was like a breath of fresh air. Absolutely, it is. yeah. Especially since it came out of nowhere. I mean, they released that um, trailer, not trailer, sorry. Um, what do they call it? Like a demo. Yeah. Of the kitchen, I think it was called. Oh, the VR demo. Yes. Yes, yeah, that yeah. was horrible. Yeah. It was so fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. But like, like in, even in the trailers, like you you wouldn't be able to tell it was a main main um, entry in the Resident Evil franchise. It just looked completely new. New, yeah. They've they've completely changed everything. Um, the viewpoint they're playing in, 
um, the, the setting itself is something they haven't done before. The story... Well, I mean, in a way, they have done that before, that claustrophobic sort of house, you know, is like the, the first Resident yeah. Evil, you know? thinking about it, actually, yeah, it's almost a return to form, yeah. you know, as much as um, they've changed the perspectives, you know, seeing it in... It's another one of those bits of information that I'm more like, I should definitely remember the difference between first person and third person. And where's the second person? And yeah, where's he gone? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. But yeah, um, they changed it, so it's now first person, um, which which makes it more, I felt anyway, you're much more engrossed in it because it's from your yeah. perspective. You're not yeah. just watching um, some random character walking around that you're in control of. Yeah. <clears throat> So I find a lot with those kind of games, I don't mind dying, because it's not yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's not an avatar here, <laughs> yeah. rather than actually looking from your viewpoint. Yeah, it's yeah. like, instead of being all plain all cautious, like you would if you were in that situation, just like, yeah. oh yeah, we'll just walk around this corner, oh shit, I'm dead, never mind. Yeah. Whereas with this, because it's from that first person viewpoint, yeah. it definitely adds that feeling it's, of... It's in your face. Yeah. You know, it's like something comes around the corner, it's in it's, actually it's, in your face. It's right there, and yeah, there's yeah. not a lot you can do about it. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, they they just polished what was essentially turning into a turd into gold. Like, they, they did a really <laughs> yeah, yeah. good job with it. Yeah. They changed it from a turd into gold. <laughs> <laughs> Some form of weird alchemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was something else. And I, yeah, remember being... I play a lot. Of, I like to play a lot of different games. Yeah. I, you know, I know one of these people that do multiplayer. <coughs> Cough. <laughs> <laughs> I know one of these people that do multiplayer. Um, I'm very much. I don't want to say old school because you know I do like a bit of multiplayer now and again, but it's got to be mm. the right thing. Yeah, I'm not into multiplayer to be honest at all. Yeah. It's, it's if if it's done right, but. This is a point I'll get to later with some of my bad games of 2017. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm more of a single-player kind of guy. I like a story. I've always played sort of games where there wasn't multiplayer. You know, I started playing games, uh, you know, as mentioned before, sort of Mega Drive was the first yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Multiplayer was like couch co-op, you know, you know, versus Street Fighter kind of thing. There was yeah, no, yeah. you know, hundreds of people online and you're joining mm. random games with people. Online was nothing back then. <laughs> yeah. But, um you got the, the, the whole single-player campaign element is something that I always look for in a game. And although I play quite oh, a lot yeah. of games, there's very few that really sort of draw me in. Yeah. I think there's quite a few games now where they feel they have to like tack on a multiplayer. So they have this loosely-based concept for a single-player, and then they think about how we're going to do the multiplayer as well. Yeah. So that it'll sell, because people, for some reason, won't touch a game unless it's got multiplayer now in some cases. Yeah, uh, well, going back to what you said of tacking on a multiplayer, I feel like it's going in the opposite direction now where multiplayer games are now tacking on single-player cam yes, campaigns. very much so in the well, case Battlefront of... is yeah. the main example of that, yeah. But, um, like, one of the games that I really enjoyed um, <clears throat> was Titanfall. When I first got my Xbox One, Titanfall was the only game I had. Yeah. And it plays fantastically. Mm. It didn't sell very well because it was only multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. But the people who did play it lived on it. Um, you've got an element then with Titanfall 2, people complained that there was no campaign, so they added on a campaign. Yeah. But I think Titanfall 2 is one of those exceptions where the campaign gets added on, and it's exceptional. The campaign was so good. I think loved it. Yeah, yeah that was fantastic. Loved the campaign yeah. for that. But going back to Resi, yeah, the campaign really drew me in. I was quite happy to sit there for hours at a time playing. 
and I loved every minute of being absolutely petrified while playing it. Yeah, I, I didn't complete it. I um, I played the sort of the first half, then I went back on to playing RPGs, which are pretty much my genre of choice. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of, actually, one of my favourite uh, games to come out this year is a port, port of a PC RPG, like a CRPG, uh, called Pillars of Eternity. Right. Um, so it's been out on the PC for, I believe, one or two years, maybe something like that. And um, they did an incredible job of porting it onto the PlayStation. Um, it's in a similar style to sort of the old computer RPGs like um, Baldur's Gate, um, Neverwinter Nights, the original Fallouts, um, things like that. Did you ever play any of those? Or? All of which I never yeah. played. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of that genre. My first sort of introduction to RPGs was Final Fantasy. Okay. And um, <clears throat> Final Fantasy Seven, yeah, which I loved. Eight, I really liked. Mm. Didn't love, but I really liked. Oh, he's my favourite one. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't finish eight. I can't right. remember what it was about it. I think I was on disc four. Right. Got to disc four, and that was it. I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm there. I'm almost there. But there was something, and I just, oh, fuck this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> nine, I really liked. Yeah. And outside of that, then I haven't really played many. Um, I've tried a couple of sort of more indie ones. Okay. Um, rather than the mainstream stuff, but yeah. it's something that I feel I should enjoy, mm. but there's so many I don't know really where to go, and they're not they're not as widely sort of publicised as no. other games. No, definitely not. They're they're definitely uh, I feel a sort of niche, and if you know what's good, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're surrounded by mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is where I sort of eh, I don't know if it's going to be good or not, so I'm not yeah. going to give it my money. I mean. If you're not really into that genre, it can be quite hard to get into it. Yeah. Because obviously, when I played Baldur's Gate and stuff like that, that was the only RPG experience out there, whereas now you've got stuff like The Witcher 3, you've got Fallout, you've got all these different sort of massive open-world RPGs, whereas something like this is like an isometric point of view. You're controlling like four characters, you've got to sort of manage their inventory, you've got to manage how they, where they move, stuff like that, you've got to micromanage every little bit so in a way it's almost like an RTS game I mean did you ever play any RTS? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> so um, I think if you're into it then you're gonna love Pillars of Eternity if you're not then it's maybe not the best jumping on point. Right. Maybe Divinity Original Sin that came out on the PS4 a couple of years ago and that's a good example of a, an old school CRPG but it's I feel like it's got more commercial appeal than something that's more of a traditional CRPG, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I just it's say RPG words and hope they make sense. You know? I don't think, I never think, I don't think, I always think, but I never think of um, sort of Fallout as RPG. When I think of RPG, I think sort of turn-based RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> which obviously isn't the case. Hmm. But yeah, stuff like Fallout, I've played Fallout. Yeah. Love Fallout. Yeah. Same with Witcher 3. I hadn't thought of Witcher 3 as like a RPG. But then I think of it as an RPG, I think mainly because I played the first two on the PC, which right. were CRPGs, you know, this like grid based movement and you yeah. can, like, it is a true CRPG um, in the same sort of vein as Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. Whereas they weren't so much grid based. But the newer Fallouts, they, they, I think, I still class them as RPGs, yeah. even though I think they're more like sort of shooters, aren't they, really? Yeah. But I mean, you are still role playing a character, you know? And you do still sort of level up and gain skills like you would in a 
Unlucky, yeah. Unlucky, so, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about it like that. But yeah, no, I'm a fan of Fallout 3. I really enjoyed Fallout 3. Hmm. Um, not so much in Vegas. Four was alright. Um, loved Witcher 3. Oh, Witcher 3 is up there, like, That's for me. Tits. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I'd say I'd put it up there in my top five games, you know. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. So, outside of Horizon Zero Dawn, which is your, your pick of the year, mm-hmm. and Pillars of Eternity, is there anything else in particular you enjoy playing? Really enjoy Persona 5. Right. Did you play that? I rented it briefly. <laughs> uh, Probably I, not the best move for myself. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll rent it. Put it on my rental list. It came, I installed it, I started playing it. Mm. Chris messaged me and said, uh, oh, you, uh, you picked up Persona, did you? Oh, I'm renting it. Oh, dude, you might want to send it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. It's a, it's a slog. It's a long, long, long game. I think it, Clocks in at around 100, 120 hours. So yeah, it's a a true long RPG, but um, stylized really well. Like the the artwork in that game, I mean, you probably saw in the field as you played it, is yeah. phenomenal. Um, the one thing, the one complaint I have about it is the music. <laughs> I know that it's um, it's been praised for the music, but using the same three or four songs throughout a hundred and twenty hour game, it's <laughs> a bit much. Oh my god, I want to cut my ears off. <laughs> So there's that, but I mean a lot of the interactions are speech bubbles, so you right. can't just sort of switch the volume off or a vinyl on or something like that, you know, yeah. which is what I ended up doing for most of it. But um, yeah, it's a great game. So we were discussing earlier sort of multiplayer games. One of my picks for, you know, top games of last year that I really enjoyed actually is a multiplayer game. And it got off to a bit of a rocky start. But uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, I never played it. Oh, it's good fun. Um, provided you don't get in a room with, you know, it's, it's got the standard multiplayer faults where, you know, if you're playing with a bunch of dicks, then you're playing with a bunch of dicks. And it's yeah. not like you can do about it. Yeah. But um, basically, for those of you unfamiliar, one of you plays is Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th franchise. If you don't know who Jason Voorhees is, then uh, I suggest you go watch some of the Friday the 13th movies and familiarise yourself. Yeah, but, maybe uh, watch the first one. Yeah. At least. Which he's not in. Well, <laughs> technically, no, but I mean, spoilers, man, come on. <laughs> Sorry, edit. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of you plays as Jason Voorhees, and you have to hunt down the counsellors that are at Camp Crystal Lake and various maps. I think at the time I was playing it, there's been several updates and, you know, mm. extra maps and such. But when I was playing, I think there's about four maps. Yeah. And basically, the goal is to survive in some way or another so there are boats you can escape on where you have to find um, like the propeller and repair it and some petrol to make it go Hmm. there's a car where you have to find the battery the keys and the petrol Um, but when you're playing as the counsellor you get perks to unlock so Hmm. you can you know perks to better play Uh, for example one of them is you start off with a map otherwise you can't see where anything is you don't know where anybody is anything is um, and you just wander around aimlessly until you find the map. But there's several cabins. You go in the cabins, you loot the cabins for goodies, you get like weapons to defend yourself, you look for bits to fix cars. If you're playing with a bunch of other people that are, you know, switched on, you work together as a team. Um, it was, you know, I've had people in the lobby that are, you know, asking, hey, you got a mic? Anybody got a mic? <laughs> oh, fuck this, I'm off. And just <laughs> you got a room of people that are like lone wolves and like, yeah. you know, I want to play as a team. But, are you one of the lone wolves or do you I have like definitely one of the yeah, lone wolves. Yeah, yeah. I don't like talking to strangers no. online. Yeah. Um 
I'm happy to help people. I'm to my friends online. Probably <laughs> <laughs> join parties with people. But, um, yeah, I'm happy to, if I see somebody, you know, working at fixing the car, hmm. I'll, you know, I will join in and assist. So, you know, I'll help follow him around. I'll keep an eye on Jason. Yeah. I'll flash the flashlight if he's coming. Um, but as a general rule, I kind of do my own thing. Um, if I'm, I'm not one of these assholes, because obviously once you repair the boat or the car, you can fit other people in. Yeah. So the idea is that, you know, you can work together as a team and escape as a team. So if I'm driving along and there's somebody chasing after the car, I'm not one of these fucking assholes that just keeps driving. I will stop and let people get in. Yeah. But if you're playing as Jason, you get, you know, Jason's superpowers. Mm. So you can hear um, where people are making a noise. So if they run in, it shows you, like, the, the, it gives you an indicator that there's noise in this direction. Yeah. So you can fast travel to certain areas on the map. You can, once you've caught up with counsellors, you can do a special move where you sort of fast, you can fast travel around the map, but then you can also fast travel to get in front of or behind counsellors when you're chasing them, because obviously Jason sort of potters along in his little walking ways. (laughs) When you catch counsellors, you can perform these brutal executions, which are just fucking fantastic to watch. (laughs) And they've stuck in some specials as well, so there's one where you can put somebody's head into the log fire and, you know, nice. burn them in the log <laughs> fire. There's another one where, you, you know, if they're hiding in a sleeping in a tent, you pull them out in the sleeping bag and bash them against the tree. Ooh. And it, is pro- it feels very Friday the 13th. It yeah. looks very Friday the 13th. It's got lots of Easter eggs in it. Hmm. And, yeah, if you get a good crew together playing, it's great fun. Okay. It started off a bit shaky but i haven't played it for seven months either but from what <laughs> i was I did, gonna ask like what the um what the player base is like now because obviously it's been up for a while did it dip off or was it, has it been um, i haven't played it for a while but i assume the player base is still there because for a while you could only buy it as digital and then they released mm. physical copies as okay. well so i think i think they had the, when it first was released they had server issues and i can't remember the figures exactly but it was something ridiculous like they estimated based off of people that played the beta and people because it was a uh, sort of GoFundMe type project. Yeah. Um, not GoFundMe, what's the other one? Uh, Kickstarter. It was a Kickstarter project yeah. to try and get it off the ground. Mm. So those people got access to the beta and a couple of other people. So they based, you know, rough sales figures as, I don't know, let's say something like 70,000. Okay. So they got servers for 70,000. When the game was officially released, they had something like 100,000 people trying to get on and play at once. So the servers <laughs> were just yeah, overloaded. So if you could even get into a game, you were lucky, but it took them several weeks to patch it. Yeah. <laughs> the poor fuckers that were making the game, I can't remember what they called, I should have checked, but <laughs> I'm, I'm too lazy. Um, they were just getting so much abuse on Twitter, it was unreal. Well, I can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I've paid fucking 30 quid for this game and it ain't working, you robbing bastards. Oh, give them a break, like they're trying, they're trying to fix it. But uh, from what I understand, it's fixed and it's definitely worth checking out. Oh, sweet. Was there anything you played last year that was a complete pile of shit? Well, I wanted to bring up another game that I actually liked last year. Well, we'll do that first time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, I'd completely forgotten about it until sort of just now when you were talking about Friday the 13th. But um, speaking of online multiplayer games, another port, actually, of an old PC game called Elite Dangerous. Yes. came out on the PS4 this year. And that is such a good game. It's hard to get into. Steep I've learning seen, curve, I've heard. Oh, yeah, massively steep learning curve, yeah. And I've still not sort of 
climbed that curve. <laughs> yeah. Still thinking you Yeah, yeah. I'm abysmal at uh, landing my ship in ports and stuff like that. But it's such a an immersive experience when you're sort of... And it's if, like, you're into the whole sort of flying around in space thing, simulator, I think that it does a really good job of that. It's massively in-depth if you want it to be, if you want... And, like, there's no sort of overall plot to it. So if you wanted to just fly around in space and be a trader, you could do that. If you wanted to fly around in space and be a mercenary, you could do that. Um, obviously, you need to be a lot better at the game than I am to do any of those <laughs> things. I think that, yeah, if you're into like, sort of space sims, then this is definitely the game for you. It's an incredible game. I've heard a lot of good things about it. and uh, It's on my Xbox, because I share accounts with somebody else where you can share content. Okay. And... Uh, yeah, Rob paid for it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I've, I've tended to lean more towards my PlayStation these days, so my Xbox is feeling a little bit neglected. <laughs> but uh, as for shit games, I've got a couple that I want to bitch yeah, about, and you know, it's one of my favourite things to do is bitching. And uh, the first one I'm going to bitch about is For Honor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, For Honor, for those of you who are unfamiliar, there were three factions Samurai, Viking, and Knights. And it was a multiplayer versus type game. Hmm. Um, I played the beta and it was fantastic. The fighting mechanics were spot on. You, when you approach somebody, you enter like your attack mode and then you watch their moves and you try and parry and counter and all this stuff. And it was really, they nailed it. The combat in it is faultless, it's great. But the problem they have is they introduced essentially what I like to call. The pay-to-win oh, yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I believe the currency they use is steel. So you can buy steel yeah. and then use steel to upgrade stuff. Okay. Now, I'm very much of the opinion that when you buy a game, you shouldn't have to pay... For an advantage over other players. It's unfair to have an advantage over Absolutely, other players. Yeah. There are people who can... And I'm not just saying that because I'm bitching about... Oh, <laughs> some guy fucking kept handing my ass to me because he's a cheating cunt. But it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly, That's what, I'm exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm all for, you know... I don't know, something like, for example, Call of Duty. I haven't played Call of Duty in a long time. But, you know, you know when you get shot by somebody, chances are it's somebody that either knows the map better, mm. got the drop on you... Or is just a better player. Yeah. Um, back in the day when there were lag switches and all that sort of stuff and modded controllers, you know, there are cheaters out there. But as a general rule, it's a pretty fair shooter, mm. which I think is why it's done so successful over the years. Yeah. But this new introduction of like pay to win, so you buy steel and you can upgrade stuff so that you get an unfair advantage over other people to start with. Because if you think about it in terms of the idea of leveling up. To level up, you need kills. Yeah. You get kills, you get steel, you buy your gear. Well, if some guy has bought X amount of steel and he's pimped his guy out already, yeah. you're not going to be able to kill that guy, so you can't progress. It's yeah, yeah. stopping you from getting anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's stopping you from wanting to play, because if you can't... It's like a paywall, so yeah. you've got to pay to get past this sort of... To, 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 it's, not, it's even more in-depth than that, because it's, you've got to pay to then try and get better gear than the other guys that have already... Because obviously, at the same time... These people that have invested money in the gear already mm. are also levelling up and getting better gear continually. Yeah. Whereas you start off with nothing and you've got to try and scrape something. Mm. So this whole idea that, you know, 
pay to win is fucking preposterous. I think the numbers, the figures will show for themselves. Again, I did absolutely no research. <laughs> but I know for a fact that there was a massive drop-off in players after the first one or two weeks. Because in the beta, everybody played, thought it was fucking great. But there was no... You couldn't buy steel in the beta. Yeah. So everybody was on a level playing yeah. field. Went out, pre-ordered, bought it, played it. Started getting handed to them by guys that have got this pimped out gear. And it's just like, why am I playing? I don't need to play this anymore. If I can never get anywhere, I'm done. Absolutely. And another game, I think, that unfortunately fell foul of this is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2 massively fell foul of that. And there was such a big controversy surrounding that game. Did you hear that... um, they call the loot box controversy over that game like gambling. gambling. Yeah, yeah essentially gambling. it was like a, they, they, I think they call it a um, a Star Wars themed casino aimed at children, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I think is a fair it's, analogy. It's not, yeah. yeah, having played Battlefront One, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm not one of these diehard Star Wars fans that can tell you every character and their origin story and their planet of yeah. origin, but I enjoy Star Wars. So when Battlefront was coming out, I was like, yeah, I'm down for Battlefront. I picked it up, played it, enjoyed it, paid for the season pass for Battlefront 1, nice. um, left it for a while, come back, they completely changed everything. I hated it because they changed everything and I don't <laughs> like change. <laughs> Eventually tried to get back into it and sort of did. But then they dropped the price of it and it was about £5 something at one point on the PlayStation store. Yeah. So I bought it again for PlayStation. I was like, yeah, I'll play it on PlayStation. Woohoo! And got back into it again. So when Battlefront 2 was, you know, on its way out, I was quite excited. It looked good. And one of the things that they decided to do this time was tack on a campaign, which was, you know, obviously, being a Star Wars fan, it's the stories of Star Wars. People were into Star Wars because it's an engrossing story. I love Star Wars. I didn't pick up Battlefront 2 because of the reviews, because of the controversy, because of the whole loot box thing, and because I've heard the campaign is terrible. Yeah. It's about four hours long, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, the campaign, they've, they've tried to make an interesting story, and if they tried to like flesh it out a bit more, they could have very well done so, but the campaign for me it was very flat. It felt tagged yeah. on. Yeah. I really didn't care about any of the characters involved. I've heard like, the main character, she um, she's in the... Empire. She's a member of the like the the empire. The baddies. Yeah, she's a member of the empire, and she um she defects to go to the to the rebels, and they instantly trust her to make her like a general or something like that. Just, it's what, a bit, what are you doing? They've sort of captured her at the start, and you know without too much spoilers, she escapes obviously because we would be the point in her not escaping. Yeah. But she's like this SAS equivalent. She's like this super soldier, this yeah. super stormtrooper that's got all these stealth skills and all this stuff. So you have to escape with these with this data that you've pinched, and yeah, you do it. Something happens. You end up defecting, and somebody does remark like, you know, are we going to trust her? She used to be part of the empire, yeah. and they were like, yes, but look what she's done for us. We should totally trust her, and that's it. They instantly trust her, and they sort of that's the only negative that ever comes up from the fact that she used to be part of the empire that she's yeah. murdered. Hundreds of thousands of rebels. <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's but it's fine because she's now on our side, and yeah. you know we have to forgive her because we're better than that and all that sort of nonsense. But they added, they have added sort of extra part of the campaign as like a free DLC bit, and I think okay. the plan is they're going to continue to release DLC. But, but the then, campaign I mean, that's just adding more paywalls to the story that should have been in the first place. I mean, 
Exactly. That's if the story's not finished, yeah. why release, why release it? it? Exactly. Yeah. Hold on to it. People yeah. are complaining that the campaign's too short. Oh, we'll add an extra hour and a half. Yeah. If you, pay, if expand... you give us an extra sort of 15 quid to do it. Uh, they've, they haven't done a season pass this one. They've put, they've, you know, okay. knocked the season pass on the head. Because I think the season pass for the first Battlefront was like 50 quid for four map packs. It was, yeah, yeah. Which is fucking yeah. preposterous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've done away with season pass. So it is free content. Okay. But again, it's, if the story's not finished... Mm. Don't release it. Yeah, maybe focus test it to more than two people before you release it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we've tagged on a campaign. This will keep all those Star Wars fanboys happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the bitchiest bitches on the planet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. just going to throw them a shitty campaign yeah, yeah. and expect no comeback at all. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, they use um, the multiplayer. I've played a little bit, but again, I couldn't get into it. They did the whole loot crate thing. Yeah. And you can see players' um, stats, so you can pick... Um, like for example a heavy trooper which is the one I usually go as you get a big machine gun type laser rifle thing I don't know what the fuck they call some fan boy they'll probably tell me but you get like this big yeah, because loads of people are going to listen to this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get this big turret gun and uh, you know it's great you know, running around but it gives you like a level based on the perks so you get perks that you can unlock and your perks to go off various levels so increased health green orange yellow fucking purple is the top one yeah. and then it ranks that player that that class that you've picked so my heavy is a rank seven but you're playing with people who are rank 20 something because they've that's not their level that's the rank for that particular class okay and the level system is something different again yeah but this is all based off their perks so if you're a rank seven going up against a rank 20 something they have got some shit art perks and there have been cases where I've been sat there and one of the heavies' um, special abilities is that he pulls out this big fuck-off turret and he can start mowing people down. I've been sat there mowing down a guy that's literally stood in front of me and he's turned <laughs> around and blasted me with a blaster twice and I'm dead. And so what are you doing? I've just been mowing you down. Why aren't you dead? And then it shows you, you know, you were killed by this guy and it's, oh yeah, look, he's got a fucking plus six health perk, so he's got an extra 200% health or something. His some number shit. is higher than my number, therefore he wins. Yeah. yeah. But whereas For Honor falls in as much as, you know, um, you have to, but you, you can buy the steel to upgrade, you can still buy the steel to upgrade. Yeah. Battlefront, they've removed the loot crate. <laughs> so even if you wanted to, you can't, and you fall back into that same loop of you have to get kills to get uh, scrap to buy loot crates. Yeah. You can't get kills because the people are far superior than you, the people that have already been playing for ages and have bought these loot crates so and they've got these shit.com. cards. They, they had the loot crates originally, yeah. and obviously there's a massive controversy surrounding that, and um, then they took them out. But then, did so the people who bought the loot crates in that time would still have an still advantage have the over perks the that they've paid for, yes. Is anything that they've got in those... Because you earn scrap to... You can still unlock loot crates. Yeah. You have to have scrap to do yeah, it. Yeah. But you can't buy them now. Mm. But the people who have already bought them, yeah. they've already paid for these loot crates. So they can't take them away. Yeah, so I yeah. believe, I could be mistaken, but I believe that they've been left with their perks. So you play with people that have bought perks and they're untouchable. And, you know... I'm all for, uh, you know, I, I'm not one of these people that live online and are concerned about my kill-to-death ratio. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I play for a good time. I'm not trying to be the best. But it's impossible to sit and play a game where you can't progress in the slightest when yeah, you're trying yeah. to play. Even, like, sneaking up on people and trying to shoot them in the back. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, look, I've gone all the way around the map. All the way around the map. I've missed fucking everybody. I've come behind them. I'll chuck a grenade in. Bam, 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 bam. Start shooting. 
Nobody goes down. All of a sudden, somebody turns around and shoots me with a fucking rifle, and I'm dead. Once. It's like, once. <laughs> so how does that work? You just had like a thermal detonator, or whatever the fuck they call it, thrown at you. Yeah. Several shots, nothing, and you hit me with one. Uh, maybe I'm just being a bitch, but I thought it was fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> However, I haven't uninstalled it yet. I'm hoping for some reason that I'll go back to it and enjoy it, because I want yeah. to. But I'm sure if you get sort of a lobotomy or something like that, then go back to it. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. A concussion it. and yeah. like Maybe just get hit in the head really hard. Yeah, forget that. I really don't like playing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, outside of games, obviously it was a big year for movies, as it usually is. Mm. What movies did you enjoy last year? The first one I want to bring up is It. I loved It. I thought it was fantastic. Um, such a good job of uh, translating the source material. Um, Every actor in it did an incredible job. Bill Skarsgård as It was just something else. Skarsgård is the new It. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's one of those things that people go on about, like, oh, Anthony Hopkins is Hannibal Lecter, and, you know, um, Jack Nicholson is the Joker. You yeah. you can't, when they were talking about Heath Ledger being the Joker, he's going to be shit. I'm not going to lie, I was one of those people. I was, I like, was really sceptical about that, yeah. Yeah. This guy from A Knight's Tale is going to be the new Joker. I don't think so. But... You know, I was proved wrong. And um, the TV series of Hannibal with... Oh, um, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. He, for me, is now the new Hannibal oh, actor. Yeah. He is so, so fucking good in that yeah. TV show. And seeing the Skarsgård, I love Tim Curry in the original It. Yeah. It didn't age very well, the original It. Yeah, I, I think it suffers a lot from the fact that it was a TV movie and not yeah. a studio yeah, film. Yeah. I think if they had more money, hmm. it might have aged better. Yeah, definitely. But they were on a limited budget, and yeah. so... As expected, it it doesn't look as good as yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Skarsgård, the performance is mm. fucking incredible. Yeah. He, he is downright creepy. Yeah. And for me, the new Pennywise, oh, he, he is yeah. Pennywise. I mean, being fans of the source material as well, I think that helped. Because there's, I think there's certain things in the film that you will only get if you know the source material, like the, the Deadlights, for example. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, just an incredible film. I think there was a lot of sort of um, comeback on some of the CGI in the film. Yeah, um, yeah. I went to watch it twice in the cinema. And the first time, I wasn't really sure what people were complaining about because uh, there wasn't any particular scene that I didn't think stood out. But the second time I watched it, there's this rock-throwing scene. With, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, there's, some, there's a scene where somebody throws rocks. Um <laughs> That scene that I did notice in the second time watching it that it was a bit iffy. Okay. But it's not enough to like to take away from the film. But then yeah, were you looking for that then though? I think I was. I think the yeah. first time I went in, I went in, it was open mind, I yeah. just watched, was totally engrossed, totally fucking bored, blown away. Yeah. The second time I think I was looking to see what people were complaining yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Um but yeah. The kids are fucking fantastic in it. Yeah, yeah. Some of those kids mm. are gonna go on to have Fucking phenomenal oh, careers. Absolutely. And I'm very interested to see what they do with part two. Yeah, and I'm very much looking forward to part two. Um, part two with the original TV movie with Tim Curry in it. The second part of that is definitely the bit that lags. Yeah. It's the second part is where it falls down. Yeah, I think. yeah. So I hope the same thing doesn't happen. With Didn't they this. do, um, with the original one, did they sort of cut the scenes where there was one with kids one with adults or did they do sort of I can't remember I'm not saying no it was sort of set up in part one and part right, two okay. like they're going to do with this and the first yeah. part was the kiddies and the second part yeah. was when they were older right. I think it's been a while since I watched it mm. but I know the second part is solely 
when they're older. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if they've announced any casting confirmation. No, yet. I've not really heard anything about that. But uh, I'd be interested to see who they're going to pick as well. Cause yeah, definitely. Some, yeah, could be some interesting choices. There. Will the um, will the cast be as strong as the as the first part? You know. Yeah. So yeah, what was one of your top picks of twenty seventeen you know, in terms of film? One of my, I'm a, I do enjoy the Marvel universe. Um, again, I'm not a super fanboy that has to go and watch every single one. Yeah. Um, I still haven't watched Doctor Strange. It's really good. I haven't watched Thor Ragnarok yet. That is amazing. I um, recommend that. But I did eventually get around to watching Guardians of the Galaxy two. Okay. And I don't know if it's because my kids fucking loved it as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I thought it was great. Um, I enjoyed the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. I was expecting a lot from the second one. Yeah. And I felt like it definitely delivered. It looks amazing. Um, the soundtrack, again, it's sort of become, I say, become a bit... The first film... The soundtrack was a strong point in the first was, one. Was one of the, yeah. They did the same with the second one, but I feel like it wasn't as strong as the first one. Yeah, I think because it's already been... It's like one of those... It's already been played out in the first one. Yeah. It makes it a bit tricky to try and... Keep that, keep that level like, going. Yeah, I do think it's got a good soundtrack. Hmm. Maybe not as effective as the first one, but it's it's a great movie. It's a great family friendly movie. Yeah, it's a great space. Even if you don't look at it in terms of like, oh, it's a Marvel film. I'm not really bothered. Hmm. It's a great like space movie, like an adventure film. Yeah, like yeah. back in the day. Um, I say back in the day, in the in the old days of videos and stuff. You had like Star Wars with yeah. space movies, mm. and then there were sort of adult space movies, stuff like Aliens and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it. But I can't think of any other particular. You had a couple of like Flight of the Navigator, mm. um, sort of touching on it a bit, Flash Gordon, all those kind of things. And it's got that similar sort of vibe to it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that family friendly space adventure. Mm. And I think it really works. I think it was really yeah. good, really well done, looked brilliant. See, in terms of Marvel films for 2017, my pick would be Thor, Ragnarok, and you said you've not seen it. I, seen it I yet, no. highly recommend it. It's um, it's not like the other Thor films. Right. It's not like any other Marvel films really. It's um, it's a lot funnier. It's the soundtrack again. It's incredible in that film. Um, a lot of Zeppelin stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've seen the trailer. Yeah. Zeppelin, um, just it's just a funny, good film. You know. I've heard good things about it. Mm. It's got, um, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> Directing it, who's also directed um, Hunt for the Wilder People, and he's oh, associated yeah, with yeah. the Flight of the Concord yeah, Spies. Yeah. I can't remember the, the name of the guy, but. Taliki? Ta 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 something that I'm he not He plays one of the characters in the film, and his character is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, watch the film. I'll have to watch it. I think, personally, Thor is the character that I. The Thor, I say the character, the Thor movies are the ones that I dislike the most. Yeah. In as much as the first Thor movie, I think it didn't really do anything for me. Okay. The second one, I was sort of, nah, again. Yeah, the second's it. Yeah, it, it did, just didn't quite hit the right notes for me. Yeah. But I have heard nothing but stellar things about Ragnarok, so I'm yeah. planning on picking it up. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really good. Um, so another one of my topics for last year is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Nice. Did you see it? I did not watch it. Well, I, I should have gone to see oh it in the cinema, but it's oh, it's everything you'd want from a Blade Runner film. 
from a continuation of the Blade Runner franchise. Ryan Reynolds did a phenomenal job. And it's it keeps the the tone, it keeps the, the visuals from the first film obviously updated for shinier 4K yeah. 4K screens. Shiny new super HD. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um I I'm not gonna go too much into it because I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it's just something you should definitely watch. I mean watch if you've not seen Blade Runner, like the original, go and watch that, then watch this film and you'll see what I'm talking about. I think one of, uh, possibly my favourite film from last year, sort of come out of nowhere a bit, um, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Yeah, I think I saw that advertised, I've not watched it then. I don't know how I sort of come across it, I think it was on my Twitter Is Vince Vaughn in that? Vince Vaughn, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't got anything against Vince Vaughn, but for me, he's like one of the funny guys. Yeah. That, like, he doesn't do many serious roles. You remember him from things like Anchorman and... Um, yeah, yeah stuff like um, that. Dodgeball. Yeah, Dodgeball, yeah. So, although I've got nothing against him, he's not somebody that I automatically think, that guy's in that movie, I should watch that. Yeah. But I watched the trailer for it and it looked like my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up picking up a copy of it and it was right up my street. <laughs> Essentially, without giving too much away... Vince Vaughan plays a um, struggling husband who gets fired from his job, takes another job, an illegal job, where he's sort of picking up and distributing large amounts of narcotics of some description. Something goes wrong and he ends up in jail. Well, then when he's in jail, something happens and he has to fight his way to cell block 99, essentially. And this film is, I don't want to say a slow burner, but it's, it starts, it's got a very steady pace and then everything seems to escalate rather quickly. And there are a lot of scenes in this, as somebody who is a fan of gore and, you know, special practical effects. Yeah. Oh, does it deliver on so <laughs> many levels. I have never in my life, I think, cringed and, you know, phantom pained <laughs> watching this movie and the sounds that are used to it, it captures all those things in those particular um, like we mentioned in the first episode about you know the type of films you like and like yeah. horror movies where they set the scene mm. this thing it sets the scene it's got the pacing when it comes to you know the end is right it's very this film is one of those ones where um, it's very much nails the atmosphere yeah um, you get the when he's in the prison it's very bleak um and when they're doing the fighting, when it gets to the point where, you know, he gets to where he needs to be and he's got to defeat who he needs to defeat. Mm. The use of the sound is exceptional. There's a particular piece that I won't go into because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But it's the sound that you don't see it, you just hear it. Trust. And even thinking about it now, it's giving me <laughs> chills hearing that noise. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you cannot not know. It's one of those things that sticks with you. It's fucking horrible, but it's so well done. And yeah, no, it's a fucking cracking story. Uh, Vince Vaughn, he's gone up in my books. I very much, he's doing, the gentleman who directed and wrote this is also the fella that did Bone Tomahawk. I don't know if you watch Bone Tomahawk. I've never seen that one. 
that's cowboys and cannibals. That's definitely worth checking out. That's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> Kurt Russell in it. Oh, oh this massive tash. Yeah. Russell, yeah. And um, he, yeah, he then did Brawl and Selva, and I think he's doing. Um, there's another film again. His next film is going to be with Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson, where they play like, I believe, sacked crooked cops that are then going around trying to like get some money out of people, yeah. criminals they know right. for their retirement fund. Yeah, yeah. Um, chewing pavement or something it's called I'll have to double check yeah. but just on that basis alone he's making another film and it's got Vince Vaughn in it and it's about dirty cops I'm all over that I think one of my surprise picks from last year was a film that I didn't think that I'd enjoy I didn't even want to watch it based on the name uh, Baby Driver yes have you seen it I loved Baby Driver yeah I know and looking at the name and like even the trailer, I thought not for me at all. Like it looked like it's sort of almost like a Fast and Furious sort of thing, just not my cup of tea at all. I've not seen one Fast and Furious film. <laughs> I never intend to watch any of them because they look like, nice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so this was another sort of one of those for me. But um, haven't watched it. I mean, the sound design and the editing in that film are phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. I want to say I'm a fan of Edgar Wright. But I'm not a fanboy of Edgar Wright. Mm. Shaun of the Dead. I like it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these people who think they're like it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I like it. I. It's not. You know, I'm not going to rate it as one of my greatest movies. I ever think made. I've seen it once, and it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's just, at the world's end. I was quite surprised at. I really enjoyed at the world's end. Mm. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World looked amazing. I enjoyed Scott. I, I enjoy yeah. Edgar Wright's films. I don't think he does anything wrong. Yeah. He does enough to keep it, um, keep me entertained, which is what you're watching movies for, is to be yeah, entertained. Yeah, yeah, totally. But there are, pe- there are people out there that, you know, like I said, Edgar Wright fanboys, I think everything he touches turns to gold, and that's their opinion, and they're entitled to it. Yeah. So when the reviews come out for Baby Drive, and it was, oh, it's fucking great, it's exceptional, fucking Edgar Wright's on form, man. Yeah. Ah, is this just fanboy hype again? Yeah, yeah. Because... I have no doubt it's going to be a good film. I have no doubt I'm going to enjoy it. Mm. But is it going to be that good? Yeah. But as you mentioned, the sound design on that film is fucking incredible. The whole concept, for somebody that's into music, yeah. it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the soundtrack so is amazing. It looks <coughs> amazing. Mm. It's got a stellar cast in it. Yeah. I would argue it's Edgar Wright's best piece of work to date. Yeah. And yeah, that one came out of almost nowhere for me. It was a... Edgar Wright's making another movie. I'm interested, but not to the point where I'm going to drop everything I'm doing. Yeah. I went and saw it and was all like, yes, this is fucking great. Yeah. Like, I didn't go to the cinema to watch it. It was a case of, um, my wife said to me, like, I watched it quite recently. She said to me, oh, if you had really good things about Baby Driver, we should watch it. I'm like, oh, but it's called Baby Driver. <laughs> we ended up watching it anyway and, oh my God, blown away. Yeah, again, special nod to the soundtrack. It's mm. got some fucking cracking tunes on it. Yeah. The way it's edited is something completely different. Yeah. I'm not sure how he got on because they were was, was it the Oscars or the BAFTAs or they were some. I'm not, you know, one I'm of these. did win a few awards for the editing. Yeah, I was going to say I know they were they had nods for their editing. Yeah, and I think they should have got the vast majority of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So moving on from uh, movies, unless there's any others you want to talk about. Mm, not really. I mean. Did you watch any decent horrors in 2017? Um, I'm trying to think of decent horrors I watched. But the trouble is, like I said in the previous podcast, 
I've been going back and watching a lot of like Arrow video releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watch a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed, but it's like stuff that's dated from between, you know, yeah. 1960s and yeah, the yeah, yeah. 2000s. Yeah. But um, a couple of the Arrow releases that I think should get a nod, they did like a special edition of The Thing. Oh, yeah. Which looks incredible. Mm. Um, and one of the other ones I watched I'd never seen before is Jack Hill's Spider Baby. Okay. <laughs> which is black and white. Yeah. It's got... Um, uh, Long Cheney Jr. in it, who was the original Wolfman. Oh, okay. He's in it, I believe. I could very well be wrong, in which case that needs to be edited out. <laughs> um, and it's also got fuck, I can't think of his name, Captain Spaulding in it. Oh yeah, I, I can't, I can't recall his name either. But yeah, I know you mean. But it, um, oh, his name's on tip of my tongue. But yes, it's got Captain Spaulding in it, mm. and it's something that's got to be seen to sort of be believed. Okay. It's not anything, you know, groundbreaking yeah. by any means. And it's not essentially a horror in as much as, you know, you're scared. Mm. But the themes involved are very sort of horror. And it plays out quite... It's almost quite campy, but... I've Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was a great little pickup. Yeah. Cool. So the other thing that I like to do is watch TV. Um, quite a lot of TV, if I can get away with it. Mm. Was there any TV that was out last year that uh, blew your mind? Um, well, uh, I did watch one some uh, something the other day. Like me and my wife watched uh, the end of the fucking world on Netflix. I've Isn't seen it? that. It's on my yeah. watch list. Yeah, really good. <laughs> the trouble with my Netflix is that uh, I go on there and I spend like half an hour looking at recently added and recommended and adding it all to my list and then thinking, uh, I'm gonna go to bed now <laughs> without watching anything. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff on there that. Well, I mean, I End of the Fucking World is um, eight episodes, like, or 20 minutes, minutes each, episode. so you can knock it out in an evening, you know? Yeah. But for me, one of my TV picks is probably Mindhunter. Mindhunter oh, Mindhunter was, was fantastic. My personal... I enjoyed Stranger Things, but if I was mm. going to pick my favourite TV yeah. season of the year, I think it'd be Mindhunter. Yeah, yeah. Solely because... Ed Kemper? <laughs> Ed Kemper, the guy that plays Ed Kemper again. Yeah, sure he did such a good job. I promise if anybody starts listening to this podcast, I'll start doing more research. <laughs> but the guy that plays Ed Kemper is phenomenal. Mm, yes. um, but essentially, Mindhunter is about the, the, the birth of... Um, what's the word we're looking for here? The correct terminology. So a criminal analysis yeah. where they try to outline what makes a psychopath... Yeah, they look into the psychology of these, these psychotic killers who have killed sort of... Well, serial killers, essentially, isn't yeah. it? So they look into the Ed Kemper, they speak to him a lot, they speak to um, the Green River Killer, is it? Or am I, am I wrong in that? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and double-check. Yeah, I think I might edit that bit out, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go and speak to several murderers, some of which I'm not sure are um, real. Because there's the... Again, without spoiling too much, there's the guy that they go and arrest at his trailer. I'm not sure how... Ah, uh, right, okay. Like, that guy Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. The majority of the people they talk to... Yeah, it's like the ones they interview, yeah, I think they are real. Like, Jerry Brudos is one of them. Jerry Brudos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's... Anybody that's a fan of true crime, mm. serial killers, uh, that's remotely familiar with any of these kinds of people, it's definitely worth a watch. Mm. They've started hinting... I say they've started hinting. They've, they've hinted throughout the entire season about... BTK, who's a particularly yes, yeah, yeah. nasty man. Yeah. 
Um, so I believe he's going to be dominant in season I two. I can't wait to see BTK in season two. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Because his crimes were pretty. Um, yeah, awful <laughs> yeah. and yeah. not pleasant. Yeah. It's one thing when you watch a crime drama where they you know simulate murder and it's like oh yeah this person's been murdered and it's just a dead body on the floor mm. but the way in which btk did his murders well i mean it's in the name isn't it bind talk to kill, kill. Yeah. yeah it's unpleasant and i'm not sure that they'll get all the imagery across that is available if you yeah. search for btk online you'll find various pictures yeah. of his crime scenes and of his he's victims. Such a, he's such a douchebag as well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> his letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a dick. Like. <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't know, he's just an annoying person as well as being a killer. Very pretentious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, uh, yeah Mindhunter for me was possibly my Netflix pick for... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. As for anything else in TV... I can't think for a watch. I started watching... Um, your pretty face is going to hell. Oh, I really need to watch that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, again, Adult Swim. If you're not familiar with Adult Swim stuff, you've probably watched a lot of it without realizing you've watched it. Mm. Um, I believe Early Family Guy was sort of Adult Swim. Was it? I think so. I think it's like yeah. sponsored by Adult Swim oh, the okay. early stuff. Mm. Um, stuff like Robot Chicken, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Yeah. Harvey Birdman. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Pickles is yeah. another good one that's new. Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo. Yeah, but um, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell is weird as a lot of this stuff is uh, animated. Uh, your Pretty Face is Going to Hell is sort of live with real people. Um, the reason I sort of come across it is because one of the podcasts that we do listen to, both of us, I believe, is The Last Podcast on the Left. Yeah, big fan of The Last Podcast. And Henry Zabrowski. Yeah. <laughs> is one of the characters in Your Pretty Face is Gonna Hell. And basically it's about, yeah, people in hell. Henry Zabrowski's character is dead, he's in hell, he's a devil. Of some description I say a devil, a demon, he's not the devil, he's, he's a worker bee for the devil. And he's basically torturing people and whatnot, and it's like, you know, crass humour, but you know. Most adults swim in. Yeah. <laughs> And it does it well. It's funny. They're about 15 minutes long, I think. They're not yeah. hugely long episodes. Yeah. But um, it's definitely worth checking out. Mm. So on to Stranger Things. Stranger Things is your favourite thing on TV last year? Well, it's one of. Second season, strong as the first. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you haven't watched Stranger Things, you must be one of the very few people who hasn't watched Stranger yeah. Things. And I mean, I think I'd go with Mindhunter, like, on the same page as you on that. I'd say it was my pick of 2017 because it came out of nowhere and... I think the Stranger Things season two is the second season. You've yeah, already so you know got what's a feel like. yeah, absolutely, yeah. what it's going to be like, what it's going to look like. Yeah. Whereas Mindhunter, it's the first season, mm. they drop the teaser trailer, they drop yeah. the trailer, bang, there you are, you have it. Yeah. Bang. So you, it's all relatively new territory whereas yeah. you know already know the characters you already have a feel yeah. and although that does, it's not like a negative it's just i think mindhunter had more of an impact because it was new yeah it was unfamiliar yeah 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 definitely but no strange things shit yeah. loved it yeah again great casting great soundtrack roll on season three yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, in terms of music anything in particular that take your fancy from this year uh, well, like I mentioned in the last episode, one of my favourite bands, a band called Akakaka, they released an album, 
they I think they reformed in 2016, but they released the album last year, and they haven't missed a beat. They've come back as strong as ever. Yeah, they just released a great album. What's one of your picks of 2017? I think again. Um, I listen to mostly you Spotify because, as previously mentioned, all my years of collecting music disappeared down the shitter when my driver, they all on crashed. But um, I mostly use Spotify, so I sort of tend to construct playlists and listen to those playlists, which obviously consist of stuff that I already know. <clears throat> so checking out new stuff, not on the ball like I used to be yeah. back in the college days where you yeah, just yeah. pick up Korean rocks and yeah. net yeah. Yeah. between us. Um, but for me, I think my album of the year is probably, as mentioned in the last podcast, no doubt. I'm Monkey. I am Monkey. <laughs> um, what is there to say? What are they? I'm Monkey, sludgy, doomy, fucking screaming, but that good growly scream, not yeah, that high pitched yeah. yeah. screaming. Um, riffs, blast beats on the drums, fucking brutal. In a good way. Yeah, it is a bit on fair play. It came out of nowhere, I think, as previously mentioned, so I'll try not to rehash too much previous information on a random recent releases playlist. Yeah. And uh, it just came on and fucking blew my mind. <laughs> on Relapse Records, which is a label that I'm familiar with some stuff, but I tend to not listen to a lot of stuff on Relapse because oh, it's too I, heavy for me. Yeah, no, Relapse are one of my favourites. I love Relapse Records. I mean... Pig Destroyer. You know? Yeah. There are bands on Relapse that I do enjoy listening to, but they're not somebody that I usually go to to check for recent releases. They have, because they have quite a lot of stuff on there, that's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, it's not when they say, oh, new release by so-and-so, so-and-so, unless I know where it is, or I've heard great things. Mm. But I literally heard nothing about Iron Monkey. Yeah. Um, apparently they'd been around before, but disbanded because yeah, yeah, men they, passed away. Yeah, they'd been away for a while come out of nowhere with this new album yeah and yeah listened to it fucking loved it mm. album oh, year a, for me it was a great album yeah um another one that came out last year for me was a band called Full of Hell have you done? no I have not no they're like a grindcore band the album's called Trumpeting Ecstasy as you'd expect heavy as fuck just brutal I think it's about a half an hour grindcore <laughs> yeah 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 just a masterclass in grindcore is fantastic it's a great album and I think the other album that I paid attention to and actually pre-ordered mm. from last year was Dead Cross. Yes, Dead Cross. I think you mentioned to me about Dave Lombardo's got a new project. Yeah, and with JP from Locust. Slayer fans from back in the day. Yeah. Anything that Dave Lombardo sort of touches, I pay attention to because yeah. he's one of the it's greatest It's the same drummers. with JP. Yeah. Well, that was it. It was Dave Lombardo was in a band with JP, Justin Pearson, mm. from the Locust fame and Mike Patton is coming oh, on, Mike Patton as well. on yeah. to do vocals. I'm like, <laughs> it's like the biggest it. Mike Patton fanboy is ridiculous. Anything <laughs> he touches is for me. In my eyes, turns to gold. He's the guy who's just something else. It's like the ultimate um, <laughs> underground supergroup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got Dave Lombardo, drumming legend, Justin Pearson, fucking Locust, and uh, Holy Molars. Holy, Holy Molars, yeah, Holy Molars, yeah. And then you've got Mike Patton, who is He's just fucking legend. Everything he touches, yeah. somehow turns to gold. Yeah. Got some mad skills. 
I think if I, yeah, Mike Patton's one of those people I think I'd quite like to meet, but I wouldn't know what to say to him. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I, you know, almost I'd start fanboying, geeking yeah, out a bit too like much. and just giggling like, in a really high voice. Like, <laughs> you're Mike Patton. Oh. But yeah, Mike Patton. Mm. Beast. Uh, yeah, the Dead Cross album is just incredible. Any other albums in particular take a fancy from last year? So another one of my picks for 2017 is an album by a person called Chelsea Wolf. Right. Have you heard of Chelsea Wolf? I've heard of, I've heard some of her yeah. stuff. Um, she has an album called His Spun. This album, from start to finish, is just incredible. Highly recommend checking out if you haven't already. Um, if you're not heard of Chelsea Wolf, she's... Um, I don't know how to describe her really. She's... A lady. She's a lady. Yeah, <laughs> she is. <laughs> um, her music is like sort of ambient music with like this ethereal vocal over the top of it. Some guitars... Um, it's hard to put into a genre. Very dark in places, you know. Similar to anything else, or maybe Merco with less of a black metal edge. Well worth checking out, regardless. After have a to on my Spotify. Mm. As for me, I haven't got any more music to jib jabber about. No. No. Thanks, Sam. Dead people. So as every year passes, people are born and people die, and. Uh, well, I can't think of any great people who have been born yet. I can certainly think of some <laughs> people who have been born. year old. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, uh, two of horrors, essentially, as far as I'm concerned, and many horror fans, I think, legends, uh, two of the, if you will, in terms of, like, a sort of a music analogy, and, you know, you've got the big four. So you've got Metallica, yeah. Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth. Megadeth. You've got the big four in terms of horror movies. You've mm -hmm. got John Carpenter, who brought out Halloween, which introduced the world to the slasher. Yeah. You've got Toby Hooper, who released Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. You've got George Romero, who basically made zombies while they are today. Yeah. And you've got Wes Craven, who introduced everybody to Nightmares. Unfortunately, last year, we lost both Toby Hooper and George Romero. And having Wes Craven passed, I believe, the year before. I did not know Toby Hooper passed. Toby Hooper passed. Sure. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, what can be said about Toby Hooper other than Texas Chainsaw Massacre changed the game? Yeah, yeah. The way horror movies are done, the way horror movies are seen without Texas Chainsaw Massacre... I don't think we would have half the interest in horror no, movies we've got today. Absolutely not. Um, the whole thing is not. It's an experience watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. because it's you're uncomfortable throughout. It's not. It's not something you can put on and just chill out and watch. Yeah. It's something that when you watch it, it's not pleasant. No, it's no, not no. nice. Yeah. The sound. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. The visuals, everything, just makes you. Yeah. Uncomfortable. It makes you, yeah. Not pleasant but at yeah. the same time those he somehow managed to turn those horrible uncomfortable feelings into a movie that everybody's all like i love feeling like shit for an hour <laughs> yeah totally yeah i like the sound design again going back to sound design in that film i think they did a great job of that as well considering they were shot on like a shoestring budget yes yeah. some of the sound design stuff it it's been sort of poached for use in so many other films yeah, yeah, yeah. since then I have to admit, after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 
I don't think he ever quite made anything as good. Um, he made several good movies. Um, he made several terrible movies and then eventually stopped making movies altogether. But I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one that changed the game of horror. Yeah. And will always be remembered and, as... I mean, would we have like some of the horror horror films we have today, stuff, stuff like you know the Hillbilly Killer sort of almost genre of, um, of horror film without Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I'll have to check the dates because although I'm a fan, again, I only like retain information that I feel is useful to me at the time. So I'm not sure when Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes come out. Ah, I think it, it might yeah. have been after Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. I'll have to double check. Mm. But the whole idea of um, people being left to their own devices, and, you know, you don't stick your nose in where you don't belong, and the creepy yeah. house, you stay away from it for a reason. Mm. He played on all those things yeah. and made a truly... But, I mean, would we have, then, to give him more of a specific example, would we have House of a Thousand Corpses without Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I don't think we'd have several... You look at people like Rob Zombie, you ask him, and I have no doubt he would rate Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, you can see there are massive influences, and in particular, um, Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 yeah. looks the spitting image of one of the characters in The Devil's Rejects and the House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe it might even be played by the same guy. Again, my knowledge is fucking terrible, I just like to watch it. Um, you can see blatant influence in loads of films and it's one of those things that unfortunately everybody has to die mm. um, but you can be remembered if you do something that's worth remembering and I believe Toby Hooper did that with Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah and as for George Romero as previously mentioned Dawn of the Dead was one of the first movies that I think I watched that you know blew my mind and opened my eyes to what amazing things can be achieved with practical effects. Mm. And I believe there's six, yeah, there's six films in the Of the Dead sort of series. Yeah. And admittedly, they don't get better as they go on. But they're not bad films. But you wouldn't, you couldn't have anything. You, you look at stuff like The Walking Dead and how popular that is. That yeah. would not exist yeah. without George Romero. Mm. Um, he turned his hand to several other movies, none of which I think get as much attention as The Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead, for various reasons. But he was an incredibly talented man at what he did, the points he tried to get across. And for me, personally, his movies will always have a special place yeah. on my Blu-ray shelf. <laughs> So, for me, um, two people died in 2017, for me, who were influential, um, musically, um, Chris Cornell and Mark Eric Ain from Celtic Frost. And Chris Cornell is easily one of my favourite, or was easily one of my favourite vocalists. Um, everything from Soundgarden to his solo stuff to Audio Slave. He just knocked her out of the park every time. I mean, his vocal range was something else. Um, and I feel like, again, like the same with Mike Patton, like we spoke about earlier, everything the guy touched turned to gold, you know? <coughs> yeah, I remember watching Soundgarden at Download. Mm. 
and I wasn't of the age really for Soundgarden. I must have been a couple of years out. Mm. By the time I got into that sort of music, Soundgarden had disbanded. And yeah, yeah. It wasn't something that the people that were of my age group sort of discussed. They were one of the bands that sort of went in the, after a certain point. When you started getting into the music when I was younger, it was you started off with Green Day and yeah. Nirvana was still sort of relevant. And it wasn't until you sort of delved deeper into the grunge stuff that you come across Soundgarden. They weren't one yeah. of the ones... Although Soundgarden were very popular, yeah, sold like millions of records, mm. they weren't one of the ones that were sort of easily accessible to yeah. the, the, yeah. the rocker kids. Yeah, you yeah. had to really like, you know, yeah. look for um, Soundgarden and appreciate Soundgarden in your own time. Mm. But I remember, yeah, Audio Slave was the first time that I came across Chris Cornell yeah. and what was the first song Audio Slave released? Uh, Cochise. Cochise. I remember hearing that and uh, it, it got, I think it got leaked because somebody I knew was just playing it on repeat and I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? It sounds like Rage. And he's like, oh, it's like, you know, two thirds yeah, yeah. Rage or yeah. three quarters of Rage. Yeah. Two thirds, <laughs> get my maths right. And the dude from Soundgarden. Yeah. So that was the first time I heard his voice. And even on that, he's got an incredible oh, voice. Yeah, yeah. Incredible Rage. Mm. And I've seen him at download. I was quite fortunate, although I've never been a massive Soundgarden fan. I appreciate Chris Cornell's voice and his abilities. Yeah. And yeah, catching him at download was a, a treat, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they knocked out the park, I think, in download. They were fantastic. And uh, my second one then is Mark Ericane. Now, um, Celtic Frost, although they're a massively influential band to most metal bands, like most metal bands, if you ask them who their influences are, a lot of them are going to say Celtic Frost. Um, but he was involved in one of my favourite albums like of all time. Um, when Celtic Frost came back, I think they were, they'd split up for a while, they came back in 2006 and I'm called Monotheist. And... Um, I'd, I'd rate that easily as one of my top five favourite albums and losing Mark Eric Ayn meant that Celtic Frost would never release another album, you know, they can't without that Mark, yeah. without him. Um, although Trypticon, like, they're a good band, you know, um, they have Tom G. Warrior from Celtic Frost, like the lead singer, um, <clears throat> but the original lineup of Celtic Frost now is never going to be able to bring out such incredible music as Monotheist again, and I think that's a really sad thing for the metal scene. Dying, man, it sucks. Yeah, bit. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I'm um, happy with that. I think 2017 was uh, an interesting year. Some good shit, some bad shit. Yeah. People dying. <laughs> People being born. Yeah, yeah. So shall we talk a bit about what the next sort of few episodes are going to be focused on and... For all those listeners out there, yeah, we're going to keep informed and up to date. Those two listeners we've got, <laughs> maybe. As big Stephen King fans, we've decided that the next two episodes we'll discuss are going to be Stephen King. And I believe the first episode we're going to discuss his literary works. Yep. Cover some of the books he's written, some of the ones we've read. Some of our favourites, some of the ones we didn't like, etc, etc. And then for the following episode, after that one, so episode four, we're going to discuss the Stephen King movies. The ones that are good, the ones that are not so good. <laughs> I mean, recently he's been getting better with that, but the some of the original ones, 
Yeah. It's tricky. I think we'll, 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 we'll get into yeah, we'll it get more into episode, in the yeah. films episode. But, uh, yeah, that's what you got to look forward to, if yeah. you're still listening, is uh, two episodes on Stephen King, one about his books, what to read, what not to read, one about his movies, what ones are good and what ones are bad. And uh, go to Twitter and follow us. Yeah, Groovy Goodies. No, it's Ghoulies Podcast. At Ghoulies Podcast. I will get this right one day. <laughs> and uh, our individual links to Twitter on there. And follow us on whatever podcasting app you might use. Because I'm sure they'll be on there. Yeah, Hopefully, we're, we're going to get If you can figure it out. Yeah, once we've got it sorted. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Till next time.